0: Moises, that's right, Moises Zacharias Grossinger. I'm 18 years old. You may wonder, where did I get my last name? Well, here's his story. I remember getting up, listening to boys and girls playing outside. Where am I, I asked myself. I I did not know where I was. I thought I'd been sleeping for thousands of years. I changed into what seems to be pajamas. I had to go to the bathroom, so I went to the bathroom and then I looked at the mirror. And in the mirror, I saw a small child. A child who was not strong, but beautiful. As I kept wondering the questions, was still in my head. Where am I? I went outside and heard someone say something. I turned around, and in front of me was a lady who was very old. Moises, come. Go play with your friends, said the lady. What? I said. But when I wanted to ask who Moises was, she grabbed me by the hand and told me, What's the matter with you, Moises? It's like you've forgotten who you are I stood there confused excuse me but who's Moises the lady saw me with a face like she had just seen a ghost for one hour she took she took me on a long walk around the orphanage and told me that my name was Moises and that I was in a place called an orphanage for boys and girls She also explained how, when I was a baby, my family put me here, because they could not be with me. When we returned to the orphanage, I understood everything. Thanks, aunt, I told the lady. You're welcome. Now go play with your friends and family. The orphanage was a fun place. Every day we went to school at the orphanage. I learned to read and to write. The orphanage was what I thought was one big world. In the orphanage, there was a school, a hospital, a large dining room, a church, and a large place for boys and girls to sleep. They were children of different ages. I was three years old, and there were boys and girls aged 2 to age 15. In that orphanage, we were Catholic. At the time, I didn't know what it meant. All I knew was that in church there was an old adult who at the end of the church, he had to give everyone a cookie that represented bread and juice that represented wine. At the orphanage, we celebrated Christmas and during that holy day, they gave us gifts. But they were not gifts that I liked. I had a lot of fun. As I spent more time in the orphanage, I thought that this place is my reality home When I was five years old everything changed They told me that I would be moving to another orphanage At that moment. I knew that my life was going to be differently When we were driving I saw a sign that said welcome to Fundación Excedor a place for boys and girls As we entered the orphanage, I saw four large large houses, a soccer field, a basketball field, a large office, and also boys and girls. This place is going to be an adventure, I said. When I arrived at the office, I saw a nice lady. Her name was Patricia. She told me about how this place will be my new home. She also told me that she was happy that I was there. When she finished speaking, I went to to my so-called home. It was a large house with ten children of my age, or children who were older. When I entered, two sh- when I entered, two children were, who were brothers invited me to sleep in the room. That room was not big, but not small either. There were six beds and a large closet to put all the clothes. In each house, there was an aunt, and an uncle, and a lady who cleaned the house. The aunt of the house was very kind. She was also pretty. The guy was very rude, but at the same time, he let us see scary movies. And I liked movies, so that worked perfectly. He gave us more freedom, but the son did good things and bad things. Sometimes, I found myself wanting to hit him with all my strength, but sometimes I would like to play with her. In the house, the uncle was in charge of all things. TV, food, going outside to play sports, went to go to bed. To go to school, we had to get up at 6.15 to take a shower, put uniforms, eat, clean the house. When we were all ready to go, we waited outside the house until the bus came for us. The bus was from the orphanage. and we were the last ones to get picked up. When we arrived at school, there were many children in group. There were many children. The school was different from other schools. The, schools that, the school that I went to was fun, mainly because we could leave our classroom when we felt like it. Sometimes I went outside, but many days I went to class because in one of my classes, I liked a girl and I wanted her to notice me. One day my uncle and aunt moved from the orphanage and I was torn. There were good people who took care of me and the other kids, now I have to see them go from the orphanage. When they went away, two things happened. One was that we had a new aunt. And two is that they made a new rule that children under the age of 10 would be living in a house, and the children over 10 will live in another house. And the same thing for older girls and younger girls. And that's when I started being friends with the girls because the younger girls lived near the younger boys. And I was young at the time. That was also bad because I could not live with my friends who I lived before. I could only see them when I finished homework or at school. I eventually started to get used to the small house with the small children. I basically was in charge of the small house. Our aunts, they gave me the opportunity. Being in charge was good and bad. Good because I could control the TV, toys, food, and when to go to bed. The downside was that every time the aunt needed help, they would like me to help them. And because they put me in charge, and they trusted me and they expected me to help so i started cleaning the floor and sweeping changing beds changing sheets and washing clothes you think ah oh, well that's easy all you have to do is put in the washing machine the problem was we did not have washing machines so i had to wash it to wash with my hands you could imagine how tired I was watching every boy's chorus. Time passed and I did not care about doing those jobs. In fact, I really enjoyed doing those jobs. In El Salvador, we celebrated Children's Day instead of Father's Day and Mother's Day. What the meant is that we did not have to go to school. We just celebrated. Unfortunately, it was not just a party. And Children's Day, People from somewhere came to the orphanage and brought us fun things to do. But the fun stuff was for little kids. I was small, but I was growing. I did not like balloons or face painting. The only thing I really enjoyed was the food, sweets, sodas. It was also a good time I could go out with my old friends who lived four houses to the left of us. I liked the house where I lived, but I wanted to see my friends more. In the afternoon, I went to play football in our soccer field with my friends. I did not know how to play soccer. I just knew that I, could, I would need to kick the ball. But that's the problem. I did not know how to kick the ball. Every time someone passed me the ball, I would try to kick and I failed, and I started crying. But as they say, well seven times and get up eight. I learned not to give up and I started to become I started to become better and better just because my friend Kevin me. My favorite day was Christmas. People came from the orphanage from the United States to make Christmas special for us. People gave us decoration for a Christmas tree, brought food and the most important part, for me at least, was it would bring a lot of toys, clothes and sweets. It's amazing what people do to make Christmas special for others. We go to church every Sunday but this orphanage was Christian. When I went to church I knew that God sent his only son to die on the cross for us and that and that is how I started praying to God to help me do what's right. Being in the orphanage was awesome. I did not want to go anywhere. I wanted to stay forever. As I was growing up I wonder about family. Every Sunday after church families came to visit their children. Each and every night, each and every shower who lived in the orphanage had someone to go visit them. They brought gifts, food, and clothes. I had no one to come visit. I was the only boy without a family. My birthday was Sunday and nobody came. I was disappointed. I did not know my parents and now that they and now they don't even come to visit me. Time passed and I was growing up. As I grew up, I continued to receive harder jobs such as killing and cleaning the chickens or watering the flowers very early in the morning. Our orphanage grew better and bigger. We had people built, large dining room where every evening all children eat together. One afternoon, they called me at the office and they told me that a family would want to come see me, if I would like to go with them for a night. I said yes with joy. I went to dinner at a, fast, at a fast food restaurant, which was good because I've not really been outside the or- orphanage very much. The only places I've been to are food places water parks. After dinner, we went to their house to see where they lived. His house was very small. They had two rooms, a small living room and a small kitchen. We went to play soccer, and I got to show them my skills, and they they liked them. The mother was very nice, so was the father. But the little boy they had was weird. My sister was very nice, so good at soccer, and I really liked liked being part of that family. But not the house, but after all, all I wanted was a family. I took English at school, and I was not good. I could say numbers 1 to 10 in English, but that's about it. I never imagined that I would ever have to speak English in my life. I mean, it was pretty cool language, and I would like to talk in that English, but I would never thought I would speak it. One day, I was called to the office. I thought it would be good news about me going back to that family, but it was not that at all. They told me that a family in the United States wanted to adopt me. I did not know what that meant until they explained it to me. A family that spoke English wanted me to join their family. I was excited to hear that, but when I heard that, I knew that I would not be living here anymore. Now I was torn. I loved the orphanage. I loved my friends, aunts, I loved everything. This was my childhood, my home. The place I grew up. I could not imagine leaving this place for my friends. I took a moment to think about it. Everyone was happy for me, but why? Did they understand that I would not be here anymore? They did understand, and they were happy. I was happy that I'm finally going to have a family that loves and cares about me. When I met them, they were huge compared to me. They look like monsters mother was the tallest her name was Joanne. the father was the the father was the second highest and his name was Jason the boy was the third highest in his family and his name was Colin we went to dinner after dinner I had the option to return to the orphanage to sleep and see them tomorrow or sleep in the apartment with them I decided to sleep with them after a few weeks I started learning English I had to know the parents more. They treated me well and gave me a lot of hugs. They were beautiful, kind-hearted. They loved me unconditionally. We went on adventures like the beach, places to eat, concerts. After three months, I had to be... I found myself in a chair, waiting for a long time, until they came out, and I saw my mother crying. I thought something bad happened. I remember asking, what's wrong? She smiled at me and explained to me that I had officially become part of the family. I was actually adopted and I did not know know how to act. My friends, my aunts, my orphan will be miles away from where I'm going to be. The day before we left, we had a party, a pizza hut, and everyone in the orphanage came. I was happy and sad. My best friend Kevin was sad too. I would like him to be my brother. He was nice to me from the start. He taught me a lot of things and I would never forget him. We took photos with, my sh- with the children I lived with and I especially took a picture with the girl I had a crush on and my best friend Kevin. I had to leave the airport the n- with my family the next day and I was nervous. I've never been on the plane before from there I knew that this was the beginning of something new hi before I introduce the book to you guys I just want to say that um, this book made me realize that there are books for everyone Um, I know sometimes we as students feel like there isn't a book for us but um, if you really have the heart to look you will find that book because this is exactly um, what made me realize that there are books and ever since I started reading this book I just couldn't stop reading, um, if I were to rate this book I would probably give it 5 stars. The reason why I would give it 5 stars is because I felt like I was in the book. Crank was the first book I picked up and once I did I couldn't put it down. It felt like an addiction. I felt like I had to read it because I wanted to know what Christina, that's the main character, was thinking when she made those choices, and what she was going to do next. I finished cranking probably two to three days and it made me wanna read more. It made, me, it made me look at the world differently because the things that happen in the book are happening in this world, even when we don't realize it. The main character in the book, Crank by Helen Hopkins is Christina, also known as Bree. Christina is a high school girl who at first was known for, always doing her work, never really party and never did anything with drugs. When people, when going to her dad's house, she was introduced to things she never saw herself doing. She got the feeling, why not? Before I continue, I just want to say that. That happens at school. We get that feeling where we don't care anymore, and we're just like, why not? Um, some people's mindset is just like, it's just life, it'll be over before we know it. Um, but she forgot all she knew because she had people telling her things were right, when in reality, the things she was introduced to weren't actually wise and safe. The theme setting, the theme setting takes place at her dad's dreadful apartment, Christina was going over to visit her dad for four weeks and then flying back to Vermont. While she was at her dad's, she made a haunted decision that when she arrived back home, she was a completely different girl. All her goodness gone, all her passions for life were pretty much dead. She found herself longing for sex and drugs. The Christina she was before was now controlled by Brie. One of her quotes about Um, One of her quotes, uh, after she changed in the book, um, she says, Life was good before I met the monster. Monster is described here as the drug she was introduced to. Throughout the book, she goes through rough mountains and stormy days, and she can't turn away from what her heart wants now. Um, So, this book... It's called um, Crank by Ellen Hopkins, and really, um, she was really impacted by the setting because this book started in a dreadful place that made her um, look at life differently. She was introduced to drugs and sex that made her start hanging out with the wrong people, which led her, Christina, make them wise decisions that were not good for safe, not good or safe for her. I mean, um, so this book has pretty much introduced you to this character that is just impacted by the things she didn't really, um, have experience with, um, and it just shows that drugs and can just take you to, make, take you to different places and make you, uh, make you a different person too, um, for example, I mean. For example, drugs is not a fun thing to do and it's for sure not a healthy thing to do. Christina was just like any other schoolgirl, but in life we all have temptations. We have people telling us to do stuff that are fun and that if we do this, it will make us go to heaven and reach the clouds. But in reality, it's the opposite. Drugs will kill the pain inside you, it will make you feel like all the anger and sadness is gone. But the drugs will also kill it too, But. The- drugs will also kill the joy, the hope, the body, the brain. And finally, it will probably kill the soul. Uh, This is a quote, again, by Crank, by Ellen Hopkins. Uh, It says, two days, two nights, no sleep, no food. Come down of the monster. You crash. Um, So that's just a book that's just explaining how differently you're acting, how different you're feeling, and it just shows that. It just shows me that wow, that that kind of stuff can really take control over you, um, and that just amazes me throughout this story. We see Christina acting differently whenever she uses drugs it's like it's like drugs cut off her emotions. She came home, and her whole perspective about life changed her her love for family changed I'm sorry. <coughs> And her love and respect for her all gone. All because she could not say no to drugs. So like I said, life was good before I met the monster. That's that's a quote that I said at the beginning and that's just it's true. Her life was good before she started taking drugs and everything like that. After, life was great. So that's, that's the ending of that quote. This made Christina be a different person. Made her get a new name and that's when the, that's when the name Brie was born. So I keep saying Christina because that that was her, uh, that was her, normal name. But after she started taking drugs and everything, she changed her name to Brie. In the same w- in the same way, Brie was longing for love. We all want to be loved, have that feeling that you are pretty and cute, the feeling of someone caring about you. That's how Brie felt, but she she didn't wait for love to come to her. She went out to look for it. She constantly wanted someone to make her happy. She wanted someone who could give her. She wanted someone who would give her what she wanted, and in her case, was sex. The phrase again: everyone cares for me. They just don't know how to love me. So, in in the book, she felt like everybody cared for her, but she didn't received that love that she wanted and that's that's what that quote let me read it again um, um, she said uh, that she constantly wanted someone to make her value she wanted someone to someone who would give her what she wanted and in her in her case that was sex so that's what she wanted um, three guys Brie wanted them to, three guys, in this story, three guys wanted, wanted them, wanted, I'm sorry, three guys Brie wanted to make her feel valued. They all made her feel good, but it just wasn't enough for her. Her addiction was so strong that she almost got raped by three men, but who, but, um, so right there, I'll stop real quick. Um, uh, I mean... I keep saying that uh, she's going through all the struggles in the book. But um, I would I would also say that her family is always there constantly making sure she's okay. But she's just not willing to have the heart to listen or to even care what they say. Who listens the first time, right? She ended up getting raped from a guy she thought she loved. So I say the first time because she almost got raped by three men. Walking down the night um, and you would think that she would learn from that, but she didn't so to uh, so continuing, she knew the woman she was becoming, the woman she was going to be if she didn't stop her addiction. Have you ever been so angry that you could couldn't look in the? Have you ever been so angry that you couldn't look in the mirror for fear or finding the evil glaring back at you? That's another quote um, that Christina says in the book. Um, uh, So, the addiction we see in Brie is a special kind of hell. It takes her soul of the attic and breaks the hearts of everyone who loves her. In the end, we pretty much see that where her true heart is. In life, we have a choice. We can either stop our addictions again and get back up or we can sit there and and keep doing this, doing what we know is wrong. Time is not a problem. Everybody has the same amount of time. It's what you do in your time that matters. Turn your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind you. Getting out of your addiction is not easy. Christina didn't think so. so. But the first step that we're getting somewhere is it's is decide that you aren't going to stay where you are. Who cares if you don't fit in? Be you. God made you. You may want to be someone else. Just You don't have to be someone else just because they are prettier than you, more athletic, or because they can't date anyone. God says you're beautiful. Isn't that enough? Live love according to you. Make decisions that are wise and good for you. Last thing, don't give up because you think, because you think it's too late. The other story we see Christina losing faith because she can't stop. No one is, er, no one is ever too broken, too scared, or too far gone to create change. Never stop fighting, never lose faith. So that was a quote I found that just pretty much round, round rounded up what I was talking about the book. So. Um, so this book obviously has, um, some big, um, um, some big things that happen to that girl, and, um, I'm not a fan, I'm, I'm, like, like I said, I'm not really a fan of the things she did, um, but I feel like it's important for us to know that because, uh, in life we do have temptations, we do have things that make us want to second guess ourselves, and it just shows that every decision we make will impact us, maybe not then, but in the future. And we'll just, looking different. so I would recommend that book to you guys. And I would say that nah. this book again, I couldn't put it down because every time I wanted to know what it was, what Christina was doing or what her next move was, would she change? Um, there's so much book, there's so much more I didn't cover in the book, and, um, I would recommend that you guys read it again, so, that's my book recommendation to you guys. I hope you guys read it. Hi, the song I will be talking today, it's called I Fall Apart by Post Malone. Um, it's one of my favorite songs, um, I listen to him a lot, frequently, actually, um, and, I just love the way he writes, the verses he puts, um, because usually songs songs with word choice and, and when you can actually hear him well are the best kind of books, or not the best kind of books, but the best kind of songs, because you can feel their emotions and how they're feeling behind that screen, behind that audio, if that makes sense. Um so again, the song this song that I picked to the hate called I fall apart by post Malone uh the song dates back to post Malone say at Grapevine high School Uh so this song is basically about a bad breakup he went through and how he felt throughout the process. Um, so when you listen to him, there is so much pain he felt, whether that's mentally or physically, and so. It just basically talks about, like I said it's like his bad breakup and the process of it um and obviously he's in a relationship, so this is another reason why I decided to choose this topic because most of us um feel the need that we need to date in high school, you know we have the want there we go uh well there's there's different people. So either some people feel they want to date someone and I feel like that's me. I want I, wanted, I want to date someone. But then there's other people that feel like they need, you know. There's two different perspectives in that. So this song is basically about a bad breakup in a relationship. So the reason why I bring this song up is because um, I understand that it seems like everyone around us um, You know it's stating someone And then in a way we feel like We are the odd ones out I'm not, I, I'm referring as we because I feel the same way So that's why I, I keep saying that So in a way we feel like an, Like we are the odd ones out If we don't have either a girlfriend or a boyfriend Or at least talking to someone you know Which is uh, Talking it's basically a new word um, for us, because um, even though we don't actually know what that actually means, um, so it's just crazy that it's either you're dating someone or you're talking to someone. Um, so there, um, so there are some days where you uh, you want you will have that feeling you want a relationship, um, and when you don't, of course, there there would be some days that not having a girlfriend or a boyfriend will suck at times, and probably more than others, maybe like Valentine's Day or prom, or basically any school event or dance where having a date, or not having a date seems so lame, but at the end, not dating in high school is one, it's probably going to be one of the best decisions you'll ever make. And and um, I would say that there are some people where it's just like they say that um, high school is where it's about discovering what you want in the relationship in your partner and not about commitment but if you're dating someone to find out what you want out of a partner so you will one day know what you want in a spouse then wouldn't you say that's a very big commitment when you break down to simple terms Dating is one of the first steps that hopefully leads to marriage. So if you can't see yourself possibly marrying this person, or at least being with them until you're old enough to consider that possibly, then why date them at all? You're basically people people that don't realize that are basically um, dating that person now, so that so that one day we will, um, so that one day they will break up with them. So if you don't really see the relationship going somewhere then why even start so um the way i say that is because in the song um he's broken uh and maybe because he didn't um he didn't really understand what being in a relationship meant you know um and i feel like most of us don't know that we just want to hop in i it into it. So one of the lyrics, um, uh, it starts with, she told me that I'm not enough and she loved me with a broken heart. She fooled me twice and it's all my fault. She cut too deep, now she let me scar. So you see, in this song he's explaining, um, how he's feeling and how it impacted him. Um, so if we're not really, if we're not, if we want to really avoid that kind of thing, then I feel like this is a good song that explains that, um, being in that kind of situation will help us avoid that because if we do that, then we'll probably, uh, feel like he did. Um, I'm not saying it will, but it's possibly a chance that it will if it doesn't work out. Um. So um uh, so this is the song I chose today. Um I, I, like I said I love I like the word he uses, ju- he uses because it just you can feel his emotion. And obviously when I said um I, 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 I read some of the lyrics where where he says she told me that I'm not enough, yeah. And she led me with the broken heart, yeah. She fooled me twice and it's all my fault. Ba- um so obviously that's the emotions don't sound the same as he would be singing it so that's a different um way way different way that i'm explaining it to. so i do recommend you listen to the song um so listen to it a, 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 where I, I broke the song down for me for you guys to see how um how I can relate to it, not relate to it, but how I can um, put that in my life, you know? Um, so I hope you guys like it. Again, it's called cool. I Fall Apart by Post Malo. Hi. Today I'll be talking about something meaningful that has happened in my life. Uh, and for me, it's really, it's really simple not. Nah simple in a way, but it's just really easy to tell, because my life has just been a big roller coaster and it's just still going up, because God has a plan for me, and I believe that he's not done with me, technically, he's not done with any anyone, anyway. um, so, uh, yeah, so, some of you all have uh, already listened, or similar story, but it's just a story that's so meaningful, because Without that story, I don't think I would be here right now. I don't think I would be speaking English. I, I don't think I would be living this life that I never thought I would be having. It all started in El Salvador, so that's Central America. I, I remember feeling like I've been sleeping for two or three years, I think. I don't know. But I remember just opening my eyes and waking up into an orphanage. Um, at that time, it just seemed normal. It, it felt like you're born and you're wake and you wake up to an orphanage with a lot of kids. Um, I loved that place. It, uh, it was like uh, for me, it just felt like a huge world. But at that, at that age, I don't think I knew what a world was. But I had to, I had school there. I had a uh, I had a hospital. I had playgrounds. I had a church. I had everything. In that orphanage, and um, every single kid there just um, just enjoyed them, enjoyed themselves in the orphanage. We were all a big family. Um, at age five or six, I I got moved to a different orphanage called Fundacion Exodo, still in El Salvador. Um, so that was a big change in my life, right there. Just knowing because I. I was raised into this other orphanage and I spent so much time with the kids that I just did not want to leave. I enjoyed everything there, but um, God had a different plan for me. So I moved to a different orphanage. I started all fresh. Um, That orphanage was just beautiful. Um, It taught me a lot of things. That was the orphanage to learn how to play soccer. And I would say, let me start off by saying that I was not very good at soccer. Um. someone would pass me the ball, I would swing my foot and I would miss the ball and I would fall and I would cry. Um, So that was, that was, that was me at that time. Um, I did not know how to play soccer. But you know what they say, fall down seven times, get up eight. Um, So as years went by, I got better at soccer. We, uh, we had four houses. So we had um, a house of one to ten years old one, uh people that were one one to um to eight at one house that were only boys and then we had another house for girls uh one to eight that were only girls and then we had two other houses for bigger guys and bigger girls and they were separately. Um so that was my life then we we went to school every day um and it was different because school then or well, school there I would say we didn't really have to go to school we had the choice to either skip school and just go have fun and it they would not mind at all so most most times I would uh, skip school just because I did not feel like school was important and I would go play soccer. Um, it was really a beautiful orphanage um, there were we had parents that took care of us and I learned so much and I uh, got to appreciate it everything um, I, I kept growing older I wanted a family I every Sunday we went to church and when we came back uh, families that uh, couldn't afford the children or did not want their children came to visit them at the orphanage and they, they would have the whole day to spend time with them and I was always the only boy in my house that didn't have someone to come visit them and that hurt a lot you know just growing up older and not knowing who your family are and or if they will ever come and visit you so that was really hard for me um as I went to church I prayed and prayed for a family um one day when I was 10 years old I got called into the office and they said that there was a family in the United States that I uh, wanted to adopt me. Um, I thought United States was something close to El Salvador, like inside El Salvador. I didn't I didn't know what United States was. I didn't know it was a whole different country that I spoke in a whole different language. But um my adoptive family came and came to El Salvador and did paperwork spend time with me and it was just so beautiful to have four to have three different people just love and care for me um uh it was this, it was a big big thing in my life because uh, one they were from a different country which meant I had to leave everything behind I had to leave my home I had to leave the kids that I spent so much time with get to know um I had to leave my own language I would say and it was just really, really hard for me just to go with them and just say bye. But at the same time, I knew that I've been praying for a family. And that's exactly what God did. He answered my prayers. And that's why I'm here now. And I'm forever grateful. I'm so blessed to have a mom and dad and a brother that just love love me for who I am and support me in everything. Um, so that just... So that's my story that changed everything. Without that story, without them adopting me, I wouldn't be here where I am right now. I for sure wouldn't be speaking the same language. I for sure wouldn't be talking in English. <laughs> um, so that's just uh, for sure the most... the most i ever been... um grateful or thankful since um, this is a new chapter in my life so i hope you enjoyed this story um i, I know that i i told it before a lot of times but uh, adoption is really a beautiful thing not only do, do you change the kids life but you change the community's perspective on adoption um there's beauty into it. There's beauty into adoption. And I do when I grow up, if God allows it, I want to adopt children because there are kids out there that uh, do want a family just like I did once. They just want to be loved and cared for. Um, so, yes, I go to mission trips every summer just because I know that there are kids out there in the world that just want a little love, or someone to talk to, um, so that's, right now, that's the closest thing I can get to, just, uh, giving back to what I was given, so, that's my story, I hope you guys enjoy it, um, and yes, bye-bye. Hello, today, I will be talking about my book that I'm currently reading, it's called Present Over Perfect, um. That's by Shauna Nyquist. Um, And today I'll be reading the first two pages. Um, So here we go. Um, This is a love story, like all my favorite stories. It's a story about letting yourself be loved and all your imperfect, scared, non-spectacular glory, and it's about the single most profound life change I have yet encountered. One Saturday, three years ago, I I stared at the ceiling of an hotel room in Dallas. exhausted. I said to myself, if anyone else wants to live this life I created for myself, they're more than welcome to try, but I'm done. I need a new way to live. I was 36 years old. Erin and I had been married for 11 years, and we had two boys, a one-year-old and a six-year-old. I was finishing a book a month from submitting a manuscript, longer than the previous ones I'd written. And we received these times, which meant that during the weekdays, I was writing essays, and in the evening, I tested receipts over and over Flinging pans of burn brownness into the sink and starting again. Butterflying pork tenderloin, taking notes on paper spattered with vinegar. That's it with spices. On the weekends, I often was traveling, speaking at conferences, retreats, and churches. In many ways, I loved this life. Loved my husband, adored my kids, was so thankful to be a writer. But it was like I was pulling a little red wagon, and as I pulled it along, it feel, I, I felt it so full that I could hardly keep pulling it. The red wagon was my life, and the weight of pulling it was destroying me. I was aware that I was missing the very thing I so badly longed for. Connection, meaning, and peace. But there was something that kept me driving driving me forward. A set of beliefs and instincts that kept me pushing, 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 even as I was longing to rest. My health was suffering. I frequently, I was frequently sick. I slept poorly and not enough. I got migraines and then vertigo. The muscle in my neck and shoulders felt more like rock than tissue. And the, circ, and the circles under my eyes looked like bruises. My heart, the heart I used to offer so freely, the horror I used to wear proudly on my sleeve had retreated deep inside my chest. Wounded and seeking protection, my ability to taste and connect and feel deep, deeply had been badly compromised. My faith was stilted and it had become over time yet another way to try and fail rather than a respite and heal- healing relationship. So this is not really a book that I usually read, I usually read some romantic books or books about teens struggling and this is more like a um, Christian book Um, and it's it's good, don't get me wrong, it's just different I would say. so we only have one character in here, and that's her, the the author, um, and she's just basically um, describing her life in here, and how um, how I so as, as the book begins, it tells you that she had this beautiful stuff. She had a family. She had a home. She had kids. She had she was a writer, so that was good. So it just tells you that um she she almost had like everything that she wanted. And but somehow she was missing something and that something was so important to her that she was missing in her life. Um and for her it was connection, meaning and peace. And so that's just important to her, and and, I, and it should be important to us, too. Um, we need to know the meaning. We need to find peace, and we need connection. Um, at the beginning of the book, I don't know if you cast what I self. It just said that letting yourself be loved in all your imperfect, scared, and non-spectacular glory. So we're not perfect. We're not. We're going to make mistakes. Um. We're just not gonna be perfect, and we just gotta, um, just gotta love ourselves, even in all our imperfect ways, and that's what this book is just gonna be about. It's gonna be about that's why the book is called Present Over Perfect. Um, it does have Bible verses, so it's a spiritual book. Um, one quote that i really really like um it's that it goes like we choose to be present over pretending to be perfect so as you keep reading it will just go deeper and deeper and it's gonna make you think it's one of those books that will make you think and it's gonna if you give it a chance and you will really like this book so i do highly recommend it like i said there's only one character and she just talking about her life, her struggles, her thoughts, Um, so this is a good book, I do recommend you guys read it, and yeah, that's all, thank you.